Hello and welcome to the Total Entertainment Podcast with me, Paul Collis. And today, we're going to be taking a look at the supporting artist Ugly Kid Joe and those damn crows who were supporting Thunder on tour. So first up, we've got Ugly Kid Joe. And Ugly Kid Joe is an American rock band from Isla Vista, California. Formed in 1989, the band's name spoofs the glam metal band Pretty Boy Floyd's name. To date, Ugly Kid Joe have released four full albums, two compilation albums and two EPs. The best-selling records are As Ugly As They Wanna Be in 1991 and America's Least Wanted in 1992, which are both certified double platinum by the RIAA. The former is notable for being the first EB to go platinum and the band broke up in 1997 but announced a reunion in 2010 and ever since reformed and recommenced activity. Now, Ugly Kid Joe is considered as a heavy metal band that is described as pop metal. They've also been described as alternative metal, hard rock, grunge, funk metal and comedy metal. So you've got the current members of Whitford Crane on lead vocals, Klaus Etchstead on guitars, Codal Crockett on bass and backing vocals, Dave Fortman on guitars and backing vocals, and Zach Morris on drums and percussion. And you have former members of er- of Eric Phillips on guitars, Jonathan Spaulding on drums, Phil Hillgartner on bass and backing vocals, Mark Davis on drums and percussion, Roger La on guitars and backing vocals, Shannon Larkin on drums and percussion, and Bob Fernandez on drums. And their discography is Americans Least Wanted in 1992, Menace to Sobriety in 1995, nice plan words there, Motel California <laughs> in 1996, yet again another plan words, you, <laughs> Uglier Than They Used to Be, spelled T A B E, in 2015. Okay, so that was a brief bit of uh, info on Ugly Kid Joe. So now we're going to take a look at those damn crows so those damn crows are a welsh rock band formed in 2014 in bridgend wales the band quickly started building a loyal following and gaining traction through appearances at the likes of steelhouse festival and receiving airplay on bbc radio wales as long as being declared once to watch by the uk's planet rock radio station in november 2017 and new band of the week in Metal Hammer magazine in 2018. The band signed a worldwide multi-album deal with Nottingham-based independent record label Earache Records on the 14th of May 2018 and released a debut album Murder the Motive on the 5th of October 2018. The album landed at number 5 on the UK Rock and Metal Albums chart and number 5 on the Independent Album Breakers chart. The album had previously been released by the band in 2016 as a self-financed project with several different tracks. This copy is highly sought after by the fans. Mm. If you got a copy of that original unsigned version of the album, that's probably worth a lot of money when they uh, get even more bigger than they are now. The band played at the Download Festival in 2019, performing three times over the course of the weekend. Also, probably one on one performance per every stage, I suppose. In June 2019, the band were announced as the headliners for the next instalment of Planet Rock's Winter End Festival, set to place in Paul Dorset in 2020. On the 7th of February 2020, the band released their second album, 
Points No Return, which entered the UK Albums Chart at number 14. On the 28th of April 2021, it was announced that they would play the main stage at Download Festival 2022. So the band formed in 2014 in Bridget and Wales with vocalist Shane Greenhold, guitarist Ian Schinner Thomas, bassist Lloyd Wood and drummer Ronnie Huxford, with second guitarist David Winchurch joining the band soon after. The band's name came from Huxford's father, himself a former musician who played with some of the most famous names of the day, including Shelley Bassey, Dusty Springfield and PJ Proby. He was feeding the birds in his garden one day when he shouted, THOSE DAMN CROWS! when he took the idea to the other members and they quickly settled on their band name. And their current discography so far, as I said already, is Murder and The Motive in 2016, the re-released in 2018, and Point of No Return in 2020. So, a nice little brief uh, bit of info on both, uh, on both bands. So, it'll be interesting to hear them for the first time. We'll be back after this. Anthology of Rage by Paul Collis from Musterix Media. Anthology of Rage is split into four distinct sections. Each section was originally supposed to become a book in their own rights, but unfortunately the author never got around to finishing each project. He did feel though that these pieces of work were too good just to be forgotten about on his hard drive and decided to put them all together in this anthology. Section 1 is a continuation of a tribute to Working at Sea, which with the last seven short stories written from the collection that didn't quite make volume 1 and 2 but were too good to be left unpublished. Section 2 Not quite short stories but more rants that could be seen to be short stories about Christmas. Section 3 Monologues from the twisted mind of the author and section 4 are poems based on the life experiences of the author so a nice little eclectic mix of short stories and poems very interesting read and if you like anger this is a book for you this book is available on paperback hardback and ebook format on amazon and we're back so those damn crows the intro was a load of crow song with some stabby bass and synth strings and a little bit of monastery singing I, I do believe I heard. Um, so the, when the band walked on they walked into little pools of light that are waiting for them from the front of the house lighting bar. And then as they started up the lights remained basic so those pools of lights were just there for the whole of their duration and got slightly bumped up slight, a little bit more once they actually started to sing and play and then you had the uh, the profile the uh, wash units from LX1 backlighting although the uh, those lights were deliberately overshooting the band and hitting the audience to give a bit more of an effect which is okay really because that's the kind of show it is it's a rock show or metal show shall we say and they don't need all this modern uh, lighting they just want it to be seen and give the uh, audience a bit of light so they can have a little bit of a mosh around and whatnot and that's how it looks just basic but good There's, that's all there was to it then you also had the uh, profiles on the on the same lighting bar LX1 shining out to the audience in tight narrow beams kept white 
and they'll use to emphasize parts of the songs. Sound-wise, I wouldn't say it was 22 karat clarity on the mix, more like 18 karat clarity, but still within the gold standard. The reason why I say this is because even though the uh, lead rhythm and bass guitars along with the vocals were uh, mixed really well I do feel like the drums was a little bit a little bit above everything else and stood out louder than the rest of the band so it just seemed like everyone else was fighting a losing battle against really loud drums which was a shame I mean it's just me being a little bit pernickety and I do you know I do feel like it could have been slightly better on the mix, but other than that though, it's still a good clear mix. You did hear everything else blending in perfectly and in harmony with each other with the exception of the drums. Now from today being the first time I've ever heard of the band Those Damn Crows and heard their music, I thought they played really well. The style did bring me back to the early 2000s with the early 2000s metal scene and it just reminded me of my youth. And as a band, they played really well and tight together. They were interacting throughout. They were uh, buzzing around the stage when it came to it. The uh, lead singer was uh, having a nice little jolly with the audience when he had a little drink, <laughs> which he pulled out from behind his piano. Because yes, he did play the piano at one point where it was just him singing uh, with playing the piano. And then halfway through the song, the rest of the band came in and yes, it was great, absolutely great. And that singer, oh my god, he's got a very intimidatingly, how can I pull it, superb voice. He can do both metal and he can sing incredibly well. Which puts those damn crows ahead of the game where it comes to stuff like that. I mean, from a uh, performance point of view, it was, it was really good to see that. Top level, absolutely top level vocals and the skill level of the band were brilliant. I mean, they were absolutely brilliant. And it it just felt like they could have been playing together for 10 years. That's how much, how much skill they had on that stage, as well as being able to work with the audience as well. You know, they got some really good loud applauses and there's only a few thousand people in here at the moment because they started half hour into the doors opening. And with loud applause like that, you cannot go wrong and I do feel that those damn crows have longevity within them and I look forward to the day that they actually have their own headline show. We'll be back after this. Check the mic and make sure it sound right boys. Master X Media presents Lord of the Memes, Bad Dog, Farmer Frank's Filthy Fucking Farm and Bonnie Bouncing Baby Bastards. All three of these books are meme books and they come up with some pretty brutal and hilarious memes which are definitely not for children or the easily offended. These are ideal gifts for Secret Santa, Father's Day or even birthday presents for the fun loving man. So why not take a chance and make his day when he gets to read a Lord of the Memes meme book. All three books are available on Kindle hardback and paperback on Amazon. And we're back, so 
The intro was a lot of bass and overpowering and deliberately loud feedback from the lead guitar. Now it was an accident or this was done on purpose to give a nice loud sound for attention as long as as well as having the bass to, bass line to go with it. So the guitar came on and then it gradually got nudged down because it was it was supposed to be that way. And it was a great effect because you don't really get these kind of effects in this day and age. And uh, and Ugly Kid Joe just know how to start a show, I have to say. Right, within the first minute or so of, the, of that first song, everything was back to normal in the sound in the sound mix. Although, yet again, I have to say it was it wasn't 22 karat gold clarity. It was 18 karat gold clarity. And that's because at the end of the day it's metal and you're not going to get all the uh, clarity because of the serious distortions that they were using. But hey, what can you do? That's how it was designed to be and that is how it was. And yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. It was just a good way to do a show, I have to say. Anyways, so the lighting for the show was pretty much solid washers with LED wash units and those were uh, moving around a bit they weren't completely static but you had you had predominantly green states and blue states and a little mixture of the of the both of them and yet again the uh, profile units would be used to emphasize sections of the song along with the mole phases on front of house one it's a fair amount of patter from ugly kid joe and um, you could tell that he couldn't work the crowd because if he couldn't work the crowd he wouldn't have done as many uh, of these patter bits and have the audience react the way they did and that was cheering and screaming and generally enjoying the patter how else can i pull it right so performance wise the band were constantly on the move and completely animated throughout there was lots of chemistry between all the band members where they would all move from their spots and go up to each other across the stage and whatnot and interact with each other and this was done throughout you know they were there to enjoy themselves they enjoyed playing and the uh, audience enjoyed watching the ugly kid joe performing they loved it now i did feel sorry for the uh, lead guitarist on his first song as um, as he got into position he uh, kind of caught his foot on his uh, guitar cable and it came out so like a shot his guitar tech just dashed out onto the stage and uh, plugged him back in bless him ah young lad as well actually very nippy very nippy indeed but yeah uh, it didn't take that long for the for the lead guitar to come back online and pick up where he left off on the song. Everyone else obviously carried on playing and they're looking like, what the hell's going on? And then they notice the guitar tech and they're like, okay, yeah, what else can we do? We just carry on going, don't stop. And within uh, seconds, the lead guitarist was back and playing just as good as the rest of the band. Now, I have to say, there was a very strong vocal performance from uh, the lead singer of Ugly Kid Joe as well as as well as well strong uh, musical talent from the rest of the band as well. And it was just a good performance throughout, from start to finish. 
the band was engaging the audience the audience was engaging the band they were loving it all up singing along moshing along and there's space on the floor for people to do whatever they wanted to do along along with enjoying themselves it was a great show to see definitely a great show to see and a great great support act and yet again yet again i would definitely like to see ugly kid joe headlining their own show if you've enjoyed today's podcast please hit like subscribe and share and if you haven't already done so why not check out more content from monster x media on our website that is www.monsterxmedia.info and we shall catch you next time bye for now